Welcome to a There It Is bonus episode. This is a bonus to Tuesday's Pop Talk Basketball Movie Bracket episode. If you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and give it a listen. We went hard in the paint on some basketball movies. I cut some things out to make this bonus episode. But if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it now. It'll make more sense. There's something that Trace says in that episode about verisimilitude in regards to Richard Donner making Superman and wanting to have truth and realism in it. The last clip is Trey talking about verisimilitude in regards to Space Jam and Space Jam A New Legacy. That's the last clip. This first clip here, though, is Rob telling a funny story from college about not getting to play for the college basketball team at the NCAA tournament. My wife played basketball because she was a basketball player. <laughs> Her middle school. Well, Jason did credit you as the band guys. So yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, speaking accurate. of band guys at a basketball game, I went to the first Duke game that was in the ACC tournament because it was in Brooklyn. And uh, who were they playing? It was like, a, oh, Syracuse. They played Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Syracuse, yeah. The Syracuse band had a guitarist. He was playing oh. like a PRS guitar. And I was like, I've never seen that in a band, at a college band before. And you could not hear him also. My <laughs> freshman year, we, had, we got into the tournament at Winthrop University. And lo and behold, guess who we drew first round? It was it was Duke. Duke and yeah. and so we were a 16 seed, they were one seed. So the pet band and the, and the tournament was in in Greenville, or at least so it was at yeah, I don't at, at the time it was the Bilo Center. And so I was gonna try to get to go because we didn't have a guitar player in the pet band that they wanted one, but my son of a bitch professor, he was like no i'm going <laughs> so he played guitar for and a bunch of a bunch of professors in the, the like played in the pet band because they're like how many times you get to see duke play our team like <laughs> oh my gosh that, my parent i think my that's parents funny like, but also yeah. awful to do this students <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> that was not right um <laughs> the ncaa puts strict limits on number of people like even the bench yeah like i was on the bench all four of my years but the NCAA didn't allow enough people on the bench for me, even my senior year, to be on the bench wow. during the NCAA tournament. Mm. Like, there was only one spot for a manager. Yeah. That's wild. Well, no managers in any of these movies. We're talking basketball. Hoosiers. <laughs> okay. Hoosiers had a I'm sure Glory Road does, too. But I just I mean as a main have... character. <laughs> main oh. character is either a coach or a ball player. Or Bugs Bunny. And this next clip is us talking about how terrible Joanna Man is and why it should be canceled on all fronts. Rob, do you know who did the music for Joanna Man? I don't. I'm going to just guess like Jamiroquai. I don't know who. Wendy and Lisa. Wendy and Lisa? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the only women involved creatively with that movie you can't <laughs> if tell. you can't tell and <laughs> you know one of the things that caught me the most when watching Joanna man is that the way they handled his, his this beginning of his redemption because yeah. he's on the court he's now a woman that nobody did a physical on 
and nobody <laughs> can recognize as being the famous NBA player, <laughs> even though all he's yeah. got on is a wig. <laughs> I would be like, that's Dennis Rodman, by the way. That's right. Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's still a ball hog on that team. But then he did some. He like accidentally passed the ball because he like he just lost his dribble. And so it ended up being a pass to his teammate who scored. And then one of his teammates patted him on the butt like, great job. So now he's like, oh, we patting each other on the butt now. So now he's just taking every opportunity to pat all of his teammates teammates on the butt. And in one huddle, he's like grabbing this one girl's ass. He just takes his hand off. And so it's like he decided to be a team player so he can keep slapping ass wow, that with movie the women. Really needs to be canceled. <laughs> it really does. Really, they really don't need to have that movie out on yeah. multiple levels. I, I do. I do think it's funny though that like we've not talked at all about a new legacy. Yeah, like not even a second. Like, <laughs> well, give give me a. I, I want to talk about it, but I do want to say something else about the verisimilitude concept and why it failed on Joanna Man and failed on Rebound. And I'd say failed on Space Jam, a new legacy, too. But but it worked. They actually brought it with like Mike. So there's this magical aspect of it where they find these shoes. Got the initials MJ in there. Could they be Michaels? Oh, they got to be Michaels, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And this That'd bully. Shoes, yeah. This yeah. bully played by Jesse Plemons. I didn't know he was acting as a child. So Jesse Plemons. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he's the bully in this movie. So he gets mad and tosses the shoes onto an electrical wire oh, and, and, so, get, and then they get sh- yeah yeah so that so bow wow's grabbing the shoes and he gets gets shocked and so wow. that's what brings in the magic and then he's at the court so he's at an orphanage this is the yeah. orphanage where he's at so the kids from the orphanage get tickets to the game and it's another fictional league or fictional team but they actually did the movie in partnership with the nba so they had all this likenesses and, and all that that's why they could get all the nba stuff they got so anyway he's on the court for his favorite team and morris chestnut is the player his favorite player and so he's putting on it he's tying up his shoes because he's called from the stands it's his ticket that can come and play one-on-one at halftime against the guy and maybe win a sweatshirt or whatever so he gets down he ties up his shoes and he says i want to be like mike so that's the magic that's when he starts being able to play like mike and, yeah and, Everybody sees him. And so Eugene Levy playing a very similar kind of character to Wayne Knight in the original Space Jam. So he's yeah. he's this guy who's like trying to just utilize anything to bring more butts into the seats. He's that kind of guy. So he's like, let's sign him up for a contract, but we'll keep him on the bench. But he'll bring butts to the seats because he's this phenom. And the coach kind of like rookie of the year same same concept in a way yeah i didn't see that one but it was it was played logically it's you're not going to play the kid we're just signing him for the butts in the seats Mm -hmm. yeah robert forrester's like this is crazy so i'm not going to play him then robert forrester sees the tape and he's like oh this is actually kind of amazing what this kid did so they made everything make sense from that point forward yeah and why he ended up playing and and so you believe in the magic and this movie if you take the magic out of it it's a slightly remixed annie oh yeah because doesn't doesn't morris chestnut adopt him at the end he does so he's yeah. daddy warbucks and and, and oh, wow. isn't jonathan lipnicki in it too yes he becomes his he becomes his brother he also gets adopted by yeah, morris chestnut right. so it's like angels in the outfield because that's what happens because jordan Gro- joseph gordon levick gets adopted by danny glover at the end of that one 
that's why you can't do sports because there's too many baseball movies. Sorry. <laughs> right. right. And, and then Crispin Glover is actually the Miss Hannigan character, basically, for Annie. So he's using the fact that now there's all this fame because of the fact that Crispin Glover's running the orphanage. He's the yeah. guardian for Bow Wow. So he's got to be the one to sign the NBA contracts. So he needs Bow Wow to not get adopted because that way he can benefit from this superstar now. So it's like, it's all that story kind of stuff going on. And Morris Chestnut didn't have a relationship with his parents and he's, he has a tr- tough time really did, warming up to Bow Wow. And so it's like all this stuff going did on. Did Crispin ever, every once in a while, those, uh, hey man, get your damn hands off those sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> the only line Jonathan Lipnicki had in like Mike is, did you know the human head weighs <laughs> <laughs> one note he's one note actor mm-hmm. god he was cute he just kept saying that over and over again and finally here's that clip of trey talking about why space jam worked and space jam a new legacy did not in regards to bear similitude that was another tough matchup for me was teen wolf versus white men can't jump so that yeah. i mean that's legit now again we haven't talked much about space jam it was my runner-up and, and you all you two both love it Let's talk just a little bit about it. It's your chance. Do your dance, bro. (laughs) So one thing, because I rewatched it this week, I loved it from the beginning Mm -hmm. because of all the before I kind of started watching because I did watch most of the LeBron version, too. But before that, I heard all the hate towards it. And so I was wondering, would the Michael version hold up if I rewatched it now? The answer, obviously, based on my bracket, (laughs) is emphatically yes. Yeah. And part of what made it, again, verisimilitude, they made it, they told a a truthful story. They made it make sense. And they sort of had two parallel movies that merged. They had the Michael Jordan movie. Yeah. And then they had the Looney Tunes movie. And it was a very good, if not great, Michael Jordan movie. Very good, if not great, Looney Tunes movie Mm -hmm. that then merges. And just just a little bit of context, if anybody out there hasn't seen it, this takes place, Space Jam takes place during the period of time when Michael was still playing baseball in between his two stints with the Bulls. And it it definitely plays on the fact that he had this great relationship with his father, because that's Mm -hmm. the, the flashback at the beginning. Great actor, Tom Barry, playing a one scene Mm. and nailing a one scene role as, as Michael's father. And, and you see the kind of influence just from one short scene that the dad had on, on Michael. And, and so then after Jordan's original three-peat, that's when his father's murdered and he goes on to play baseball. And, and, and in real life, what happened is at some point, Jordan, at least the way he told the story back then, Jordan saw some of the guys on the baseball team playing pickup and saw their love for it. And it kind of rekindled that love for Jordan. So Space Jam kind of jumped off on that and and basically used this movie to explain how Jordan got back to basketball. Yeah. And and really was I mean, they they used some humor with Wayne Knight and stuff like that, but they were telling a fairly accurate story of Jordan's time as a baseball player. Yeah. Where, you know, he's getting made fun of for his lack of skills and team doesn't have money because it's double A and blah, blah, blah. And so he's kind of going through the stuff you go through in that sort yeah. of situation. And the Looney Tunes movie is the monsters. Just, yeah. The monsters. It's Danny DeVito, isn't it? Yeah. Danny DeVito is the bad guy. 
So he's on some other planet. He's got a theme park where they're losing patrons. People aren't coming. So they're like, we need a new attraction. And somebody mentions, how about we get the Looney Tunes? And so they're going to steal the Looney Tunes, kidnap them and force them to be part of the attraction. And so the, the monster is as little like one inch or whatever pipsqueaks go to earth. They're not as dumb as Bugs thinks they are. He tries to do his normal Bugs Bunny antics, mm-hmm. backfires on him a little bit. But then Bugs is able you know to. everyone's seen them. Space Jam, right? <laughs> well, I'm saying, but I'm saying, but it's important because of the LeBron stuff that was shitty that I talk about what's great about this. Yeah. Because my point is that they're making it make sense. The whole <laughs> yeah. thing no, is yeah. that. The, who are the, the who bugs? Are, it's Barkley. Is, who is the player? It's Barkley. Barkley. Um, is it Bugsy? Muggsy. Barkley. Muggsy. Muggsy. Sorry. Ewing. Sean Bradley. Yeah. And I'm blanking on the, the fifth. Yeah. One. So anyway, Bugs tricks them into now. Okay, we're going to, you have to give us a chance to win and, and, and not be kidnapped by you. So let's play you in basketball because he's thinking they're one foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't even know what the game is. So it's a smart Bugs Bunny move, is my point. Very smart Bugs Bunny move that backfires because they go and steal the games of NBA players. So now it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why they bring Michael in and it merges. And it it ends up being a very good blended movie that just, again, makes sense. And it's heartwarming and it's got the stuff. It's got all the stuff. It's got the stuff. That's what you need. You need the secret sauce. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas LeBron... They didn't make any of that make sense. Like even Dom's game, the video game that Dom was making, it didn't have like a, it didn't make sense. It's like they just randomly threw moves in there that looked cool, but it didn't look like, it's not like NBA jams or any of that stuff where you could get on fire. It wasn't that kind of not realistic basketball play. It was just random. Yeah. So you can't follow it. You know, and they just didn't do the traditional animation either. So I don't know. Yeah, but but also like why was Bugs recruiting the Looney Tunes in in the LeBron version of the movie? Yeah. Cuz they knew they had like the Goon Squad. They knew they had real deal basketball. Yeah. So it's like it, it just none of it made sense. Yeah. The game didn't make sense. <laughs> and and they just like Rob said earlier, it was just a commercial for the Warner Brothers IP. Yeah. But full yeah. disclosure, but full disclosure, and I think you need to be honest, Trey. Trey is in a relationship with Lola Bunny. So like <laughs> he and Lola have been together for a couple of years now. So it's you know, I, I just I happy. want I want it to be out there. So obviously he's gonna pick Space Jam because no, she's in both Space Jam stuff. So, so, I know she is, like, I'm, but I'm saying that you but well, you first saw her in Space Jam and so <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it is the nostalgia. <laughs> but but you, the joke that you're making is actually another garbage thing that they did in oh the they did version because i've only well, seen bits and pieces of, i didn't watch it i only watched so it. so it's the thing so there's a positive aspect to it that they didn't do in a thoughtful way because mm. they, they wanted to slightly redesign lola so she's not sexualized not that i thought that she was in the first movie but yeah. they 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 wanted to like tone that down so that's fine that's that's thoughtful that's i get it Whatever you think about how she was done in the first movie, they don't put Pepe Le Pew in the second movie at all because they think that he's a problematic character. Oh, yeah. So whatever you think of that, fine. This is where it gets into it not being thoughtful. Who are the characters 
from a Clockwork Orange. The, I we know you're the talking droogies? about those characters, yeah. The yeah, Drugal, the Drugies, yeah, the, the yeah. raping characters. Right, right. I think it's the Drugal, Drugals so, or something. Those so when when LeBron and the the Goon Squad are playing against each other, they have all of the Warner Brothers IP there in the stands watching, including yeah. these characters are, from are, Clockwork Arms. Are, are Harry Potter in there? Is Harry Potter in it at all? Yeah, you got some Harry Potter, some bootleg Harry Potters, and some like the bootleg Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze and the bootleg. Well, a version of Danny DeVito as a penguin. <laughs> like it's the it's the bad theme park. Not not even that. It's like the Hollywood Boulevard character people oh. who dress up as characters. Like is that or version Square, or, or Times Square? Yeah. Yeah. Like is that yeah. version of the Warner Brothers IP in the stands? Yeah. Including these characters from a Clockwork Orange. So you think Pepe Le Pew is problematic? So you take them out. But but, but you put the Clockwork Orange. Orange guys. Yeah. That's. Hey, why don't they just have Jack Nicholson from The Shining in it while they're at it? So, <laughs> but anyway, Space Jam was legit oh, great, so it was yeah. my runner-up. Yeah, so we're still talking basketball. <laughs> we're talking basketball. Can I say seeing Shaquille O'Neal in real life was a monumental moment because. He and I made eye contact because I was I was working concessions for a Bobcats game. And that's when he was playing for the Heat. And I'm on the court and he's walking in front of me and he makes millisecond of eye contact with me. And it was like the only other time I've ever felt that way is I once made eye contact with a bald eagle. And the bald eagle actually head nodded me. I'm not kidding. It was possibly besides the birth. yeah possibly besides the birth of my children one of the greatest moments of my life and seeing Shaq in real life and him making eye contact with me was you know one of those moments so (laughs) well I hope you enjoyed this chat I wanted to share because we talk so much about truth in comedy especially in the improv world but it applies to comedy anywhere if you're making a stand-up joke or if you're working on a show like last week tonight or the daily show There has to be something that the audience observes as true in order for the joke to land. And the same is true in improv. If someone is doing something or saying something that is so contrary to what we understand is happening in a scene, then it doesn't land as well. So you have to ground it in that scene or ground it in a reality so that people can see a juxtaposition. And that sort of activates jokes when people can see the difference between how a character is acting and the way the world works in that scene or the way the world just works in general. We have to see that difference in order for something to be funny. And that takes having some truth in what you are doing. You have to establish truth in your scene. Verisimilitude. Let it appear real. It also, as an actor, is a good thing to do in your scene work or your sketches or short films or or whatever you're working on that's comedic, if you are bringing a real person to the role, it also helps the audience sort of dig in and get into it and be affected by it and laugh harder. If you want our bracket, you can still get it on thereitispod.com. Fill it out and share it with us on social media. Hashtag HoopThereItIs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at thereitispod. Also go to youtube.com slash thereitis. Subscribe to our videos. We've got new videos going up every week. Until next time, be good to each other.
The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. Thank you.